Welcome to Lisa Beats You Meet, episode 38. Tonight's episode is all about protein and how it's so important. Just kidding. How did we get so obsessed with protein? Yes. We're going to talk about the history of protein and why our world basically is obsessed with protein and why we think it's the most important thing in the world. It's important, not the most important thing in the world. Um, Before we get into that, I'd like to give a shout out. I got, we got a really sweet email from Alicia. Um, She just started this vegan journey and she gave us a really awesome story about how she grew up and had a cow for a friend, which resonated with me because if I grew up with a cow as a friend, I would just like die. I'm obsessed with cows. Someday. I used to actually... um, the OSU, the Ohio State University, their um, farming program was right by my parents' house, like right where I grew up. So I like lived in a regular neighborhood, but then like a hop, skip, and a jump away was this huge, huge farm. And they always had cows, and I always stopped and um, like petted them when I could. It was really, <laughs> really bizarre. Um, but no, I, I love cows and she loves cows and it was cool. It was just a really cool email and I'm glad to hear it. We love emails like that. Um, please send us them. We'll definitely try to give you guys a shout out. Um, it's just, it's nice to hear some feedback. Especially from Buffalo. Yeah. She's a Bills fan. Yeah. Um, so from Buffalo, New York, a uh, Bills fan. And her cousin Sharon has a vegan food prep business. Yeah. What's that email or the it's website? Food Nerd Meals. So food Nerd Meals dot com. com. Check that out. Or if you're in Buffalo, which we will be at some point, um, maybe for a game next year. Yeah. Um, you know what else you could check out is Lisa Beats Your Meat dot com. Um, I've been trying to put up some new recipes and some blogs. Um, I have a recipe on there for my lasagna. I actually made that last night and it has this, um, the red sauce has red lentils in it and sweet potato. Um, I don't think that specific recipe is up there. I, I should put that up there. It's top notch. Um, but it's like, it's one of those things that you can hide some super healthy stuff inside a sauce and no one knows it. Like my stepson who doesn't really get down with lentils or sweet potatoes would have no idea that he's eating this so i didn't know that was in there yeah well i knew sweet potatoes i didn't know lentils um yeah but so there's lots of fun ways to hide stuff in it and it was a spinach and tofu like i made the tofu like ricotta and then for the cheese instead of having like um like a fake mozzarella cheese i put um it was like a cashew um a cashew cream and i didn't have basil and basil makes it like so much better but i didn't have that because it's the dead of winter and my grocery store wasn't providing me with basil um but i just put some parsley in there and it it did all right so it was just really filling and super good and healthy so yeah it was nice leftovers today i really like that one Um, so it's different than the one on your website um just the sauce like i said on my website just use like jarred sauce which it's fine too. Like it's just gonna be as tasty. But if you wanted some, you know, hidden stuff in your food, you know, like I don't know. If you're worried about protein, lentils, <laughs> lentils have some protein. Hopefully, in it. you won't be after this show. Yeah, that's our point tonight. But also, lentils have a like they're so good for you for a whole bunch of different reasons besides um, protein, and so are sweet potatoes. So I'm not saying just eat them for protein. There's like 
they're like superfoods. Um, but we got to enjoy our lasagna at home today. Why is that, Jimmy? Snow day. Um, we live in Ohio, so two inches of snow, three inches of snow <laughs> shuts down schools. It, the roads were bad. I don't know why you're. No, I think it's the it's we the city too. We were in a level two, two um, a level two like snow emergency. Yeah, they were bad. Hopefully they'll uh, stay bad because yeah. we could use another day off. Yeah, but I think it's hard. To, in a, even harder in a city to clean up snow. Well, Columbus uh, is really large. Yeah, we're not we I not all of us grew up in like a two mile radius city. Yeah, so. that was that sorry was about two miles. Yeah, sorry, I'm from the big city. <laughs> I you don't have to apologize for that. Anyways, so we have a snow day, which is nice because school has been super taxing lately. I've been contemplating switching up my career paths many times. Yes, I think that's actually going to happen. So I have a little confession as well. Um, the last couple episodes, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I was not all there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm a little more ditzy is a nice way to put it, but it's because I'm pregnant. Yeah, and <laughs> and I get pregnancy brain really, really bad. So <laughs> if I'm like stumbling over a word, that's why. But I'm freshly pregnant, and I'm super excited. That's how we knew she was pregnant because someone asked her when she had to be somewhere, and she said three and three fourths of an hour. Yeah, <laughs> she couldn't remember three forty-five. I couldn't, and like I don't know anybody other pregnant ladies out there, but my brain just functions like differently like this i'm gonna go on a journey with you but like there's four quarters in an hour and i equated that to the four seasons so when i was trying to describe the time i was like (laughs) it's like one hour in spring like because spring would be like three-fourths of the way through the year or something you lost me on this journey (laughs) yeah it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense at all but like in my pregnant brain i was like this totally totally makes sense so I'm just like kooky, but well, we're having cool. another baby. And we're having another baby due in mid-September. So might be a a pool reason for me to quit my job. Um, yeah, and this isn't a a vegan pregnancy podcast, but it's about to be. Yeah, we do this at least once a week. We shoot for two. Sometimes it's just one. So you'll hear over the next nine months, I guess, the progression of this pregnancy. Yeah, if you keep listening. And so far, honestly. Um, I have a kid now who's 10 months old, so please pray for me because I'm going to have two babies, literally. Um, yeah, he was three months old when we started this. Yeah, so I'm going to have, I mean, like, that's just a baby and a baby once this other one comes out. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling good. I don't ha- it's early, so, like, my morning sickness wouldn't hit in. I didn't have morning sickness with the first one, but that's not to say that I wouldn't with this one. Um, but so far I'm all right. You know, I get a little tired, but that's normal, but I don't know. You know what sucks though is no food is amazing. Like, like, I don't know. Like I get really excited about a dish and then I eat it. Like we had these stuffed sweet potatoes. I should talk about those because you really liked them. Yeah. Weren't they on something? Yeah. No. Instagram. No. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I made these stuffed sweet potatoes with like some barbecue chickpeas, and like I knew they tasted good, but it was just like a letdown in my brain. I don't know. Pregnancy's weird, man. They just, were really good, so it's definitely your pregnancy. It yeah, I know. It's just a weird like you just you feel different. 
But yeah. I'm well, feeling different and my brain's a little slow, but you guys are just going to have to bear with me. And as always, we could use a favor. If Lisa's going to be quitting her job, <laughs> she needs to be a full-time podcaster. So know. it would really help us um, if you went to iTunes right now and rated the show with a five-star. Um, on Podbean, if you search vegan, we come up on the main page, which is amazing because it used to be you'd click through pages and pages and pages of vegan shows. Um, I think we were in like the 60th show on there when we started. Yeah. And now we're in the top 10. I think we're like oh, number four that. or five if you search vegan. If you go to health, we're we like come number up. one if you search Lisa. <laughs> Just Lisa? <laughs> Just vegan Lisa, we're number one. <laughs> um, but on iTunes, it's obviously a bigger world because Podbean hosts our show, but everybody feeds into iTunes. So anyways, we know that there's a lot of people out there um, that like our show, and we're so happy for that, and we get great feedback. Um, if you want to do us a huge favor and spread the show, um, the best thing you can do is rate it because same thing with iTunes. We started off not even registering if you search vegan, and then we were in the 60s and then the 40s, and I think now we're pushing – top 20 or 30 if you search vegan and itunes but that is because you guys are rating the show so so keep rating us if you like us leaving us comments we need a favor rate us in itunes yeah and then lisa can stay home and just be a famous podcaster i don't think they make a lot of money they don't we don't make any money but we do enjoy putting time into this and the more people we can get to hear it um, the more excited we are and the more, you know, we get to share this exciting message. Yeah. I think I'm just going to quit and I'll get like a part-time job. Uh, yeah, you could do that. And we're going to flip houses too. Yeah. We got, we just too we many got, eggs and so many baskets, literally eggs in baskets right now. Well, maybe. You know? Well, like so I keep meaning to bring this up and you do too. Um, we do have a lot of very, um, loyal listeners. Yeah. And oh, you know what they're called? We're supposed to have a name for no, listeners. No, no, no. They have, they have a name, Beaters. We, the, we have the, the Beaters? The Beaters, yeah. My students are obsessed with this. Um, randomly, I'll talk about this podcast with my students, the seniors. I don't think the sophomores could really handle it. <laughs> um, but sometimes I, I got some cool students, you know, that are cool to just talk to, and I'll talk to them about like my life outside of school. And um, they're like... First of all, they think it's like really funny that we go live on Instagram. And they're like, you go in live later? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then they're like, can we call in? I want to be a beater. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you got to call your listeners beaters, you know? Like start off your show and be like, what up, beaters? Uh, well, at first that seemed like a bizarre concept to me. I've listened to a lot of radio shows. but They all got They names. all do, even like like the famous like talk shows and, well, you guys are and beaters. comedy shows. Um, it didn't really make sense to me, but now I do feel like this show's progressed to the point where we do have a relationship with the people who listen yeah. to us. We email each other. We talk Are to you each other. We, I mean, there's a lot of interaction on this show off of this show. So I guess you're a beater if you yeah. listen to this show. Definitely which is a kinda beater. kind of silly. So weird. also, I need to give my eighth period, Kalei and Kevin, a shout out. Because <laughs> if they hear their names on this, they are going to flip. Well, fair enough. They can be official beaters. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Um, let's get into it. So, protein. Yeah. Anyways, we do have a show to do today. Yeah. Um, this one's a little hard for me to wrap my brain around. Um, there's so many things. Because it wasn't that long ago you were obsessed with protein. Extremely. You um, Even like a year ago. Everyone you were, is. You were like, 
you I'd be like, what do you want for dinner? And you would be like, low carb, high protein. Yeah, even when I was a vegan. I'm a vegan. I don't really know. I used to complain to you like this is really hard to do because we (laughs) like that really cuts down what I can eat. Yeah. And I, you know, I was always thinking in terms of when I was high protein before I was vegan, I was thinking in terms of um, just physical fitness from like a visible, visible sense, not Mm -hmm. like my health and longevity. Um, I don't even think a lot of protein, though, makes you visibly ripped. Um, no, and that, I mean, that's up for debate. But as I became vegan, it was like, oh, before I was vegan, I was eating so much meat and no carbs. And I was trying to get, you know, low body a, fat. It was a battle. And it's get a constant strong. battle. It was. And then becoming vegan. And I, I've talked to people. All the, we, I think we talked about my sisters about this a few episodes back. Um, there's a fear of carbs. And mm-hmm. When I did lower carbs, I did see a physical change in my body. So the thought of putting carbs back into my body Scared was you. like, this is this is not going to work. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that it's okay. carbs and animal protein were what was the issue, not the carbs. And yeah. what are carbs? And we'll talk about the that bad today. Carbs. It's really not even about that. But yeah, I um, remember like the first time we had like a pasta dish for dinner. Yeah. Because like we never would like I would never in a million years schedule on the menu like pasta with vegetables and sauce or whatever. And I remember like the first time we had it, I was like, oh, my gosh, is this like a cheat meal? Is this something we should be having like on the weekends? And then like we continued to incorporate it into our diet and, you know, nothing happened. (laughs) I didn't get huge and fat. We like the whole wheat pasta, too. You definitely have to go whole wheat pasta. Yeah, and then the... And there's also bean pasta. The bean pasta was... But we were so obsessed because it said, like... High protein. 78 grams of protein in one thing. And I was like, yes! I also think... Vegans can get so much protein. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on this before you get into it, but I also think vegans... Um, have to like showboat about our protein because that's the first question is well, that, where do you get your protein? That's the point of this show is why? Why is why? Every, no one comes up to me and says, where do you get your potassium? Right. Or where do you get your, your it's, calcium? It's always protein and everyone's obsessed with protein. And it's kind of hard to pinpoint historically how we got to the point where we decided that this one little was a macronutrient or micro. I don't know uh, ma- micro. This Wait, one, well, this, protein's a micro. Yeah, that's a micro, right? No, I don't know. Micro and macro. It's an amino acid, so that would be a macro. Dude, I don't know. It's not the only thing we need. So why does everyone think that we're not going to get it as vegans? And if we're not, why does everyone think that there's actually people out there deficient in protein? Because there's not. Um, So there's probably a lot of theories on how we got to this point. Um, But I'm reading Garth Davis's book, Proteinaholic, which is a sweet new book and uh it's garth is from um he's in what the hell he's in the what the hell he was the doctor that was on the doctors that got in like the argument Uh, he was the one in the fight with them or yeah okay he's got like gray hair and he's ripped he's like so you're describing me super cool like you kind of have the hots for him he's i follow him on instagram i emailed him to see if he could be on our podcast, I doubt we would. He's like a mega. He's like a rock star. I bet we could get him though, because it's it's kind of like uh, Joel Furman's a rock star. Yeah. But you could tell by his demeanor, even before we interviewed him, 
He's just a cool dude that wants to help people. Yeah. Well, there's a couple others that are a little. They're good people doing good things, but remember, they'd be like, "How many views do you have on YouTube?" Yeah. Or like, there's some people that are a little more business oriented. Garth is super cool, and I feel like he just you every beaters out there, <laughs> go go follow him on Instagram, and you you all will see how cool he is. Garth Davis. First well, of all, that's just a cool name. That's a contender for baby number two. I think Garth would be a sweet-ass name. I 100% name my child Garth. And that's not short for anything, right? No. Just Garth. Yeah. I did say I want one-syllable name. I like Garth. Babies. Bob and Garth? Bob, Garth, yeah. I don't know about girls, but... Okay. Sorry. Um, anyways, Garth Davis, his book is called Proteinaholic. He's... I would say he's a historian. He's definitely a doctor. He's definitely a surgeon. Yeah. Um, so he he's cuts, a weight loss. He works at like a weight loss center. Yeah. He cut like a surgical weight loss center. And it's funny. He calls it like his, the barbaric side of his life where he has to go do this like oh. insane barbaric stuff that oh. he doesn't think people need. You sure it's not bariatric? No. Okay. I, it was audio book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe it was, but it, it's where we're going to, this is, this is the theory we're going to try to explain today um, of where Americans got so obsessed with protein. And it's a couple of things that we you've heard before, um, a couple of stories you've heard before, but that's our thesis tonight. I just want to give him credit for it because this is not mine. Um, good book. Check it out. But said it before, there's a couple correlations here that are a theme of this sh- podcast, Lisa Beats Your Meat. Um, America is the sickest country in the world mm-hmm. with the highest... Healthcare costs. There's no doubting, or there's there's no denying that there's some kind of correlation here between what we eat and the fact that we are spending so much money just to keep ourselves alive. And um, we have the highest obesity and heart disease and cancer and diabetes. We also eat the most protein. And I'm not going to say that's exactly why we have all those things. It's just a um, correlation. But it's a correlation that is proved and very convincing in this book and a couple of. The, Lots of studies mm-hmm. um, throughout time. So so the history. The history, pretty much. How did we get here? Yeah. It's funny you say that I was obsessed with protein as as a bodybuilder. Just kidding. I was never a bodybuilder. But as someone working out and like Googling articles and like getting on bodybuilding.com, which is kind of a cool site that's not, I don't know, has good information like about why you eat and what you do. Um, some people were recommended to get a gram of protein per pound that you weigh yeah so i would get like 110 and some people say even just more kidding. than that 115 120 nine um the scale over there i have no idea i haven't enough. weighed myself in like three years since before bob was born right yeah i love weighing myself um but i when i was working out and trying to get in shape i would try to do that and try to at least get a a gram. So at the time I was like one. Just eating cans and cans of tuna fish. Lots of tuna fish, lots of chicken breasts, and very few carbs, and that'll do it. Yeah, but why? What was the? Why were you doing that? Because I read on the internet that that's what you're supposed to do. And where um, did that start? Yeah, that comes from a lot of articles. But according to the World Health Organization, the average person gets 130 grams per day. Per day, which is a ton. I yeah. Mean, if you you know, weigh 130 pounds, that's that's the gram per pound, which is insane. But really, we're recommended to get like 50, 60, somewhere in there, depending Who's on Who's recommending? Where, where's the, like, are, where are you getting our recommendations from? Um, okay, well, the RDA, the recommended daily allowance, I believe comes from the USDA, but... Like the USDA, I don't know, quite know if I would um, yeah. wholeheartedly agree with their recommendations. They also that, tell me to eat dairy 
and meat. Yeah. So and I guess we'll get there um, in this this breakdown of how they got to that. There's some things that they do put out there kind of under the radar that is based on good legitimate science. Okay. Um, but they kind of sell that to you as like you should get at least 56 grams of protein if you're a man or 46 if you're a woman. Um, the way it's presented is like you, sh- you got to get up to that point at least. But mm-hmm. in reality, they got to that number because that is a more than optimal amount for anyone. Okay. Um, so you get, if you get anywhere near that, you have plenty. You do not need any more. But it's kind of the way they sell it is where it gets Yeah. I gets think the idea fuzzy. of where we got obsessed with protein, it comes from trying to get in shape. I don't think that people that are not trying to, you know, show their muscles off aren't obsessed with protein. I think the people that are trying to get like severely ripped and show off their muscles are because I think this idea that if you eat more protein, you're going to have more muscles. It's like I'm going to eat what gives what is a muscle, you know, a muscle is like they think a muscle is protein. So I'm just going to eat more of it. Yeah, we're made of protein. Right. Essentially. Yeah. But like that idea that we need to eat protein in order to make it is actually false yeah and it goes back to historically just laboring like people working long hours long days and how are you going to sustain yourself without starving yeah um so a lot of this comes from a period of time before yeah um, let's talk the about luxuries that. of today so back okay. in the day being fat like way back in the day being fat was a sign of you were rich right yeah it was it was wealth and even in our Social studies classes that we teach, when you look at the old political cartoons from the They're all fat. 19th century, um, like the Industrial Revolution, the the monopoly owners and the, the right. big businessmen were giant fat people. And then because all the they could were afford, Because they could afford meat, right? Yeah, it was, and it was a luxury. And the skinny guys were just wasting away on bread and kale. Yeah, definitely not kale, but... They might have been eating kale. <laughs> I mean, kale was around. Was easy to grow? I don't know. Have you ever yeah, it's it? super easy to grow. Hmm. Well... Exactly. That's it's it comes down to disease. I guess the the need for protein existed and it was something that people needed to make sure they got um, because it is something that your body needs. OK, uh, so but not in a high in a high level. So are you um, OK, like the the fat rich people and the skinny um, people that were the laborers. So are you saying that the laborers didn't have like they needed meat on their bones so an easy way to get that meat on their bones was to increase their protein intake? Yeah. Um, well, all right. Let me start over here. <laughs> the, uh, the affluent obviously eat a lot of meat. The poor didn't. Um, back then, though, if you had more meat on your bones and you were bulked up, you were more resistant to dying from starvation and disease. Right. If you if- could fatten somebody up. Obviously, if they contract one of these diseases or infections, they might they might withstand it. Yeah, like yeah, a chubby bot- a person that's not necessarily chubby, but a person that is at an optimal weight um, is going to withstand a disease easier than someone who's underweight. Being underweight is really stressful on your body. So yes, yeah. if you come you you know come up with the measles or something and you're underweight the odds of you making it through the measles is really slim so these laborers that are super thin they're contracting these diseases and they're not withstanding them because they're malnourished but they're malnourished from all aspects not just protein they're also deficient in calcium they're also deficient in potassium and magnesium they're deficient in everything because they're not eating enough food 
and there was I guess there was some study done um, with this group of really hard laborers in the mid 1800s in like England where um, a doctor saw that this particular group of people um, was sustaining a long hard work day um, and, and they, they were, were consuming meat? like 118 grams of protein a day. Okay. This was soon after we identified what protein was. So that kind of set the stage for if we can pump people with protein, get them a little bit fatter, get them a little bit thicker, um, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to get through a day better. So that's the beginning of doctors recommending more meat Pro- more and meat. protein um, because you can get protein otherwise. Right. Um, but but it- isn't that kind of funny that doctors noticed if you eat meat um, and they were pinpointing the protein? And I think this is where the... The idea that doctors started calling foods by their nutrients instead of their actual food. So it was like, you need to eat more protein, a.k.a. meat, and you'll you'll gain weight and then you'll easier fen- fend off these diseases or whatnot. But a doctor's literally telling you, gain or eat meat to gain weight, and that's what it did. It made yeah. you gain weight. And now we think of eating protein is going to make us lean and build muscle when... In actuality, this all started with a doctor's recommendation of eating meat will help you gain weight. It's funny that like, and yeah, that's almost how like this book starts off. Or anytime I think about protein, I think about this time when I was taking protein, protein shakes and eating a bunch of protein and trying to get that blah, blah, because I wanted to gain weight. I wanted to put muscle, muscle on my body and I wanted to get larger. And then I remember being at work um, and working with a woman who... Um, recently had that stomach surgery. What is that called? Like to lose weight? The yeah, like I don't know. Get, I don't know what it is. Um, where you get like your stomach shrunk or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she she lost weight and she was exercising and she was working really hard and trying to trying to do what her doctors were telling her to do with this surgery. But every day she was drinking a protein shake and we were doing hall duty. Yeah. Never being like probably shouldn't wait. Drink that. I'm drinking protein to get, to get bigger. bigger. And you're drinking protein to get smaller. Like yeah. that was the first time I kind of scratched my head about this. And then it's funny that this book I'm reading, that's how he starts it. He's like, you can read a million articles on the internet telling you you're going to put on pounds, put on muscle, get stronger and larger by taking protein. And you'll read just the same amount of people, you know, trying to lose weight getting protein. Yeah. It can't do both. No. No. Um, and like the idea of lean protein, it's the same. It's and exactly like the a, same. Protein's an amino acid that you're going to break down in your body. And I also read, not to go off on a tangent, that if you ingest too much protein, that um, it's an amino acid and it either needs to be break down, broken down into fuel and your body uses it, or it's going to change into glucose through like glucogenesis or something, which is sugar because it needs to be stored somewhere in your body. Like you can't just store protein. It has to either be used or it stores in a different state in your body. So not to like talk about high, uh, high protein, high whatever diets, but too much protein actually might work against those diets in that you don't you, I don't know the keto people actually did talk <laughs> yeah. about this that they yeah. said that their difference between them and Atkins was that Atkins was just like a overwhelming amount of protein through meat and that they wasn't that, as high fat yeah and that they really try to get the fat and I'm not saying I agree with high protein high fat diets but I am saying that too much protein in your diet 
can be a really negative thing, especially, you know, if you're trying to do keto and you're like, I'm just going to eat meat and that's at, that it might have like the opposite of the effect you're trying to do. You yeah. Know? Well, if you go back to what you're talking about earlier with like, you know, industrial revolution time period or 1800s, um, people were a lot more active, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I got like really yelled at by people in my family because I was like, we live in a home that's built in the 1920s and it was remodeled to have a bathroom on the first floor. <laughs> but I don't think this is offensive and I don't understand. It's not. So, um, but most 1920s homes, they only have a bathroom on the top floor, right? Which is terrible. It is terrible, but you think about like when this home was built, people lived in this house just fine. I'm sure a family of four lived here. Yeah, our main bathroom probably wasn't built until like the 90s. Right. But like, so this idea, I don't know, like if I was someone back then, you know, an old person in like the 20s or the 30s or the 40s or whatnot, and I knew that my only bathroom was up a set of stairs, I might be like walking around the block or trying to stay active because I know that I have to be active enough to walk up the stairs every night to go to the bathroom or to go to sleep or whatnot. You've seen gremlins. You can get one of those like chairs to ride up the stairs. I'm just saying that this like maybe we should look back at like our ancestors, not the ones from the cave, but the ones from like a hundred years ago. Who didn't for a second think I'm going to get to the point where I can't walk up these stairs. Right. That's That's what I'm saying. They like... They went into their life thinking, like, I can't be decrepit and old, quote unquote, like, and just give up on my physical body. Like, I have to be physically fit enough to do this little task. And I think they were probably way better shape than people now. Yeah, it's funny. The new new builds now, like, even when you watch them on TV, there's always... You gotta have a first floor bath. At, well, or the master bedroom is on the first floor. And people who are like... This is my forever home. Yeah. So we're going to put the master bedroom on the first floor for when we get too old right. to go upstairs. I mean, it's convenient. Sorry I'm just... if you're an 80-year-old vegan that can't go up the stairs. <laughs> no. You're listening to this. You're an old beater. I'm sure if there's an 80-year-old <laughs> vegan, they're like, no, I can walk up the stairs. If we have I'm any just... 80-year-old beaters out there, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying that this mindset of kind of like building into our lifestyle some some not laziness but building in like conveniences that make us not have to do things is probably not so good you know yeah well the whole point i was getting at is you don't have to do much as a vegan i'm just kidding (laughs) um but seriously though like we don't labor like we used to you know we exercise we try to be active we go for walks but we're not doing physical labor for eight to ten hours a day yeah um so i'm not saying protein is going to help you do that but just Food in general packed but, into your body and good nutrients. But if you um, take someone who is has a sedentary lifestyle of the average American and then you take a very active laborer from the 1920s, the active laborer is going to need more protein. Hey, guess what? Because they need more food in general. Yeah. Because the sedentary person might need a 2,000 calorie diet to sustain their body you know, to maintain their body weight. And then a laborer might need like a 3,000 calorie diet, which would in turn just be more protein. Yeah. Like that's just a common sense kind of thing. Um, well, going back to the theme here, um, pre-1950s, we didn't have things like antibiotics that were, you know, easily accessible. Um, yeah. The life expectancy. Um, I mean, back when protein was first being researched, 
Um, it's funny. I read like four different names of people who discovered protein. Um, but the one in this book was named Mulder. Um, discovered the chemical structure of protein. It comes from a Greek word meaning or say that is protos, which means of prime importance. Okay. So clearly in the name, it's built in that, that it's pretty darn important to have protein. Um, but life expectancy pre-50s. Was, was low. Yeah. I mean, when all of this push to get more protein, life expectancy was about 46. Okay. So the same thing we're kind of living by today. Where do you get your protein? You got to have enough protein. was when people were living to 46. So one thing that we continue to talk about on the show is that we want to live a long time. So we're thinking long term here. And what comes along with high protein diets, if you're getting certain kinds, is generally um, diseases that didn't exist when life expectancy was 46. Because um, they didn't, they weren't there to develop them. Yeah, you didn't last that long. Right. Um, infectious disease was what was killing people. Having Before an, cancers or heart disease were. Yeah. So we're saying that Before these, antibiotics and things that were keeping us alive. These laborers. In our 70s or 80s. Just to go back to them. These laborers that are ingesting 3,000 calories a day. And their doctor's like, hey, up your protein. And they're like, okay, sure, I got that. They're eating, they're going home and eating steak and pig and whatever else. Um, those foods that they were eating might have given them heart disease, but they died of malaria before they could get <laughs> heart disease. Exactly. And to, to see like a development of diabetes and obesity and they just weren't around for that. Yeah, or they were you know they're working their ass off so they they weren't developing obesity. Um, but again, nothing not much has changed when it comes to the recommended amount of protein since this time period. Yeah, that's um, what's I think an overall theme of this is that all these you know um, not prescriptions. What's it called? Recommendations. Like, all these recommendations are coming from a time period that is not the same type of human being. We yeah. are not laborers from the 1920s. We don't need this much protein. So that's kind of the beginning of this story is that we now today in this country are suffering from the worst diseases in the world. And it's not just a health issue. It's an economic issue when it comes to health care um, because we're using technology to keep our bodies moving mm -hmm. without actually addressing why we're having these issues. Too much and protein. Um, essentially, pro the protein addiction is part of why we're getting all of these issues, I guess. Yeah. But it's not directly, it's not a direct correlation. But, well, anyway. but when you look at protein, we're getting it, most of us are getting it from meat sources. Um, and those meat sources have so many adverse side effects. Like no one's like have, oh, no one's overdosing on lentil protein. No. And I would venture to say that overdosing on lentil protein is okay. That like breaking that protein down from a lentil is probably easier than breaking it down with um, like red meat. Like when I'm eating all lentil and I got the amino acids of that protein going in my body and then I got red meat, that red meat has that amino acid, but it's also got a crap ton of other stuff that my body has to address as that red meat goes in my body. Yeah. And this is the theme of today's show, but it's going to be, we should do it this month because it's heart month. Um, one of the biggest Killer, well, not one of the biggest killer. Half heart disease of men in this country are going to die from heart disease, and that's what's killing Americans. Um, and that is directly traced back to fat, particularly saturated fat. Mm -hmm. And that's the next tale of this story. I'm not going to get too. Are we talking into, about fat now, or doing that saving it? For we're talking a little bit about it now, um, because we're saying that protein's killing people, but why? 
Um, there are higher rates of cancer, higher rates of heart disease when you have higher intake of animal proteins, particularly. Why? We're just saying meat eating. Yeah, because um, meat is chock full of... Saturated fat. Yeah. So um, you don't get saturated fats from a, like any... And um, any plant, any plant protein, fr- yeah, a fruit, like, and there is like a, no animal protein that does not have saturated fat in it, right? Whether right, like an meats. avocado has, like, I think saturated fat, but it's like the good kind of saturated fat. Like, it's not, like, don't cut avocados out of your diet because you're like they're high in fat. Like, yeah. that's that's really well. Silly. That's what I, that's what I want to talk about here. Um, some people started warning of this around the 20th century of fats um no of, of saturated fats of high protein high meat diets um, oh they well, they picked up on it yeah it, okay. it, there was actually a wave in our vegan direction that we're in right now um before that was even a term maybe plant-based would have been better but then there was this article in the new york times um from 1907 and it was based on um, a seven-year study that bee consumption was linked to a higher rate of cancer. Um, immigrants were coming from all over the world, you know, in the early 20th century, and coming to America and then developing these um, diseases that they weren't in getting back in their country. Um, so this seven-year study was done, and it turned out the difference in diet. Right. Because um, all these cultures, you know, Mediterranean, even the Italians and the... The Irish, well, it's their potatoes or their pasta. Yeah, um, I think I've spoken about this before, but all pretty like cultural um, foods, you know, cultural diets that are true to that culture's diet, you know, without like the Western world influence, is plant based just inherently. Like an in it, like a actual like Italian diet is a lot of vegetables, yeah, and then like a little meat, like. All of the, like a Mediterranean, it's like I'm gonna eat vegetables four nights and then I'm gonna eat meat like two nights, you yeah. know. And that was like, or how that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's almost a week, but like that's how like all of these cultures were. And then these cultures started coming into the United States and they're like, shoot, these people eat meat, you know, yeah, meat five, was a time, five times a week. That's weird, let's do it. You know, so like their meat consumption just went skyrocketed. And then all these immigrants who were coming from these really great diets start taking over these terrible diets and they're starting getting disease. I mean, Weird. I, I asked uh, Keto Connect about this because I honestly didn't know. I thought maybe the Eskimos, but um, since then I, I looked into this. Um, there isn't a culture with longevity that is primarily based on meat eating. The Eskimos, and what do they eat? I was just guessing maybe the Eskimos were high protein, like no vegetables because yeah. they just couldn't grow stuff. Yeah. Didn't you say they eat like algae? I don't know. I shouldn't have brought them up because I don't know anything about the Eskimos. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to think of like the Vikings or someone who was like out there in the cold where you couldn't grow vegetables and just killing things that were running around. Um, but those cultures existed, but they didn't have longevity. Um, there, There is no long living prosperous cultures and when i say longevity i'm talking about not american longevity yeah we live into our 80s we live into our 80s like garbage like when you're Mm -hmm. 60 or 70 you're supposed to be like uh you know not be able to go upstairs to take a shit you gotta stay on the first floor um but there aren't cultures with long healthy vibrant populations that are meat based right um and we are meat based our country is mostly meat um so this 1907 new york times article um, started to notice this. Um, actually, quote here from the lead researcher from the seven-year study. 
1907, there cannot be the slightest question that the great increase in cancer among foreign-born over the prevalence of that disease in their native countries is due to the increased consumption of animal foods. Like I would say that today. 1907. 1907. That's not. That's not like. So why did that get glossing shut down? over anything? Yeah. Um, this is like the beginning. We've talked about this of you know lobbying and big industry and agriculture and pressure on Congress. Yeah. And that that's kind of leads us to our last stage of today's podcast. The McGovern. We're going to talk about yeah the McGovern. Um, so again the chronic disease. So the the what did we call it um, before? The old diseases when people lived to be 46 were more um, based on infection and infectious diseases. Infectious diseases. There you go. Um, where today in our beautiful, lavish lifestyle we live, we have chronic disease. Chronic. And that's what kills Americans. Like everybody. That's lifelong. Um, that's obesity. Like, like that's, um, scarlet fever. You catch that and you might die. You know, you don't have a, you have an acute case of scarlet fever but you have a chronic um which would be you have it forever yeah and something that you're just going to kind of deal with forever and without like dramatic difference in your life or something like a miracle happening you're going to stay you're going to have that have that and that's obesity heart disease diabetes cancer um you've said it a million times like um dr Furman said it this is not natural yeah. And for most of my life, I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I thought you just this is get just, old. You get old and you get these things. And not to say, like, I don't know. I feel always bad because I don't want people to, like, get all fussy. But, like, people do get diseases just randomly. Like, you know, that happens. Yeah. And I mean, we can't explain it. It could have been the, you know, the chalk dust they were breathing in in second grade. Like, we don't know. Right. I there's think a all lot of it of, is environmental on a, some level. There's a lot of environmental factors that maybe we don't know of that were, that's, you know, affecting us and giving us these diseases. I'll probably get a disease from where I work for 10 years. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I'm quitting. Um, but if you, like, just do what you can to avoid those diseases, even, you know, just do everything that you know you can do to yeah. avoid those diseases. And the best part, I mean, I, I wouldn't even address this conversation if there wasn't a chance of reversing it. Yeah. I would never bring up. The, the fact that environment or choices that you made in your life might have caused you to get a disease if I didn't if know the, that there's a way to minimize and reverse it. Right. And that's, there is. Um, and that I will I will fight for. Stick to it. <laughs> All right. offended by this. Well, let's go to the McGovern report. Um, so, and also before that, it's, it's, important to, it's important to point out that most of the world doesn't live in this affluent society that we They're do. They're starting to. Most of the world still dies of infection and starvation. Well, and I mean, not most of the world. I'd say at least half. Um, I don't know. But they're definitely starting. Our diet of high meat consumption is spreading throughout the world. Yeah, and I think like on a more moral standpoint, I think it's important to realize that there are a lot of people that don't have the luxuries that we have to choose things that are hurting their environment so we've talked about that yeah but our diet choices are not just hurting our own bodies if we're on the standard american diet we're we're causing harm to other human beings in the world economically and physically and environmentally okay we have to stay specific here it's messed up let's get back to 
1969, U.S. Senate formed a committee on nutrition and human needs. Um, in America, we had people starving. We still have people starving. We have malnutrition. Um, this is obviously an issue. So our Congress decides to take up a special committee. They use former U.S. Uh, South Dakota, I know it was South Dakota governor. Was it like forty people in South Dakota? Mm. That might be like one of the states that comes up on our statistics that doesn't have a listen. Like <laughs> there's a few states. If you are in South Dakota, please contact us. I want to go to South Dakota. Lisa's in a rush here. She's no, I just I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up, look. I've <laughs> been trying to talk about McGovern for a while now. Um, but yeah, yeah, but at this point, I think he's a senator and he's the chair of this committee. Okay. And long story, but one of the lead scientists um, of this study comes across the Mediterranean diet, which we I think that came up in our diet one. People love the Mediterranean diet. That diet episode was our number one episode. Oh, my God. Stay on topic. (laughs) Um, Well, obviously, um, the Mediterranean diet is going to show low rates of heart disease, and they also have a very low rate of B consumption. Because it was plant-based. Yeah, it's very plant-based. and ans- So they looked at Mediterranean people and they're like, you're super healthy. Wonder why. Must be what you're eating. Let's take some of that, apply it to our lives, but then don't take it all in. And there's a lot of cultures like that. Um, I guess it was Ansel Keys was the person running this study at the time, which I think today might even be a little bit different. Mediterranean diet, so we're talking late 60s, early 70s, um, was 7% meat and most of the... The rest of the diet is fruit and veggies, mm-hmm. where we are almost the opposite. Um, the U.S. was about 48% meat. Mm-hmm. At this time. At this time. And today, you know, at least that. And very few fruits and veggies. Obviously, this is an issue, and we found a culture that... So we wanted to mimic it. Or is this what the McGovern report is saying it wants to mimic? The, Mc- the McGovern is just... This This is the first study that they're looking, looking at. at. But okay. you can't just look at one study and say, oh... That works. It's right. going to work for us. So it kind of starts there. So the conclusion from that study, from looking at the Mediterranean diet, higher fat consumption um, leads to a higher rate of heart disease, especially in middle-aged men. And then saturated fat, which is only found in animal food, obviously we talked about before, is what's going to lead us to that. So a bigger study starts, and it looks at seven countries that have completely different diets and completely different cultures um, and they obviously come to the same conclusion. These Finland, Greece, Italy, Japan, Netherlands, um, U.S., Yugoslavia. There was 13,000 people interviewed about their diet and followed for decades. They're looking back at these previous studies. Again, the same pattern happens in every country. We have a higher intake of protein, a higher intake of animal protein in particular. You're getting a higher amount of saturated fat, and that's going to lead to higher heart disease levels based on these studies. Okay. Um, So this Keys guy, after the study, side note, moved to Italy, lived into his hundreds. Okay. Um, So McGovern is inspired by this study. So he has all this information. He comes back to Congress and he's like, look what I found. Yeah, he's the chair of this committee. Here are my recommendations. And they're all going to mirror this Keys study. Okay. So Keys was the head of the study and McGovern just used the information in his congressional report? Exactly. Within his committee. Um, And so when he starts reporting out this information... Obviously, the committee agrees with it because um, this is before they're too. They're not beaten down by the lobbyists of agriculture and dairy and meat. Exactly. So okay. as this report gets released. Back to when politicians actually were trying to do good for their constituents. 
uh, no, they still were. I think they still are. Um, but I would argue that I don't think they are. I think they are, but they can't because they have to balance survival essentially. Like I want to do good for my constituents, but if I don't please these um, special interests, mm-hmm. I I'm lose, not going to have a job. I lose my seat, and I can't help anybody. I'll so anyway, he, he comes back to Congress and he says, "Look at my findings. This is what I think our American public should be eating. We've got this problem with." Immigrants coming here, they were they were healthy, and then they come to the U.S. and t- ten years into their stay in the U.S., they've got heart disease and diabetes and cancers, and we've got this epidemic of heart disease skyrocketing. This is all in the '40s, which is kind of cool that they were tracking all this stuff back then. That was the '40s, yeah. Right, but so now we're into the '80s. When was the McGovern report? Seventy-nine into. Oh, no, okay. 69 into the 70s. Sorry. 69 into the 70s. Okay. So, yeah, they're just like using data from the 40s up until the 70s. But they're saying, you know, we've got this epidemic of all these diseases. And we think McGovern comes back and says, I think it's due to high fat, high um, saturated or high protein, high fat, high protein, therefore high fat um, diets. Yes. And I looked these at cultures. all these studies and they've all shown me that. Low meat consumption equals better health. Yeah, this one key study in particular was the most data-driven, poignant, um, trusting study that looked at tons of different cultures that have zero similarities and found one thread of universal health through all of it or lack of, and that was the higher the meat consumption, the higher the cancer, the higher the heart disease. Um, but guess who was pissed off? The Dairy and Meat yeah. and Agriculture Livestock, Council. Meat Board, Egg, Dairy Council, which even the Sugar Lobby, everybody goes nuts. Um, McGovern immediately um, loses his next Senate race. Um, yeah. He's pushed out of, out of the Senate. Um, he never holds office again. Um, but as this was happening before he lost... This is applauded by the American Society of Clinical Nutrition, the American Dietetic Association, the American Heart Association. Everybody's saying, yes, finally. Right. Congress is behind this. Congress is going to actually admit that there's a better way for us to eat in this country. Right. And um, But all these lobbyists got super mad. And they he put lost their pressure job. on. He loses his job. He gets replaced by Bob Dole. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Bob Dole. Um, who, if you don't know this, because you're young, ran for president, and uh, he ran against Clinton in his second term, I think. Yeah, I and know, he's uh, the guy. He had like his pants up to his like. There's some good Saturday Night Live skits with him, but I think he ran against Clinton's second term, and uh, he did not win. Um, I like Bob Dole; just it was fun to say. We have a kid named Bob, but anyways, um, all this gets shut down. They shut down the committee. Um, they get rid of most of the research. Um, but, uh, well, and then the food industry hires, which they always do, their scientists to justify their claims that mm-hmm. meat is okay for you. Um, there's never been a study sponsored by one of these industries that said anything negative about them. So take what you will from that. Um, but one thing, they did keep some of this information. Um, so the committee, or not the committee, the, the government, we get we get our RDAs and our USDA recommendations. Um they did keep the advice about saturated fat, and this is how we're going to conclude this. Did say we should reduce saturated fat consumption, but they didn't and still don't clarify that saturated fat is only found in meat products, okay. and it's in 
all meat products. Yeah. Um, there is like one. eat meat. Don't eat saturated fat. Yeah, get that but, get get that healthy chicken, that lean meat. But eat meat. It's in that. It's in everything. Um, so that's when this country declared a war on fat. Okay. This is we'll probably go back and have another conversation with Keto Connect because they were also talking about this. Like, we declared war on fat, and that's one thing a vegan and a keto person would probably agree on. Mm-hmm. Fat isn't t- bad. Saturated um, fats are bad. Saturated fats are bad, and a, um, a tremendous amount of saturated fat I think is bad. Keto people eat saturated fats. They do, but like I don't know I'm what, saying like, what's in bacon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's saturated fat. Good. But I just remember uh, I'm saying like you can't find fat in the grocery store unless, but unless you're going to the meat. Oh. Um, it's this time period where everything's low fat. Yeah, you know, like low fat snack wells, low fat crackers, low fat and the sugar free sodas and whatnot all that that stuff is all crap so protein kind of steps back and hides while we have this battle um against fat foods because it's a battle against no business there's no fat business like meat can hide and say no we are low in fat like you can you can um or we're the good fat. Right. You can claim that you're the good fat, like, oh, chicken or turkey or lean meats or red meat is, I don't know. You can you can claim all that stuff doesn't have fat in it. And then you can also say that with, like, all the dairy products, we're low fat, we're low this, we're low that. Like, it, fat is not tied to a specific food group. It is. It's, like, specifically found in meat products. But from, like, a business side standpoint, like, I guarantee there was some sort of committee of the dairy and the beef and all the agricultural lobbyists came together and was like, okay, this report really put us on blast. What are we going to do? And it was like, you know what? Fat's bad. And fat, we don't have to really say that's any of our businesses. We can all get together and say fat is bad. I'll make some low-fat stuff because coming from the milk and the dairy council and, like, the – Dairy Council, or not the Dairy, the Agriculture Council was like, hey, chicken, it looks white. It's probably really low in fat. <laughs> I'll push chicken as what meat should be people should be eating, and then we're good to go. Like, it was a common enemy among all these people, but yet it was all a misunderstanding and a ploy that didn't, like, it's like, um, it's like not a conspiracy, but it's like, we hoodwinked all the American people. Yeah, in reality, the recommendation should be you need you don't need a high protein diet. Mm-hmm. You need a low protein diet. But instead, they said, "Don't eat fat. Fat's right. bad." And, this and then is all also, these like processed products that we eat started yeah. saying we're low fat. Right. This low also fat goes this. back to this this idea of eating foods nutrients instead of an actual food. This like, is when it started. Yeah. This like I need vitamin C instead of I need an orange. Exactly. So the dietary guidelines used to say, eat more apples, eat more vegetables, eat mm-hmm. more broccoli. If they were going to tell you to eat something, it would be to eat the food. Now but this it's is just when nutrients. the country started to see things in terms of micronutrients. And that's what we talk about today. No one says, are you deficient in cheeseburgers? They say, are you deficient in protein? Um, which doesn't exist, actually. If there's... No. If you get enough calories to stay alive, there's no such thing as a protein deficiency. Yeah. I think there was one example that's ever been cited, and there's like some small pockets in Africa 
of tremendous poverty that somehow get like a bunch of cereal shipped to them. Yeah, they're only eating cereal. And they literally every only day. eat cereal, and that's like the only like even tiny example of a protein deficiency. Well, they're also um, malnourished in general. Yeah, in general, overall. Um, so again, after this study gets broken down, we do take some of their. I mean, the reason we talked about this study is because at the end of this study, it changes the way we talk about food in this country. We don't talk about food anymore. We talk about the individual um, nutrients. nutrients. Um, the fat thing didn't work. We went low fat. Yeah. Are we skinnier? No. no. We just got fatter and fatter and fatter. So guess what the next war was? And it's sugar. The, yeah. It's been the last. Well, sugar. 17 years. Carbs. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I got beef with that. I like we're, carbs. We're in the no carb war uh, like we were in the no fat war. But again, when you say fat, you could be talking a lot about a lot of things. When you say carbs, you could be talking about an amazing sweet potato I had yesterday, or yeah. you could be talking about a jelly donut with peanut right. butter on top of it. They're like, not the same. And no one's making a distinction between those. And when no, you say they're just carbs is carbs. Sugar could be a pixie stick and some Swedish fish, or an apple. sugar could be an apple or some strawberries and a banana. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest issues I have with the the, the keto or the, the Atkins is... There, some people won't eat fruit because any, it's high in sugar. Any diet. I remember when I was in high school, I had a friend that was like, "I'm I'm on a diet and I can't eat sh- I can't eat fruit." I was like, first of all, she was chubby. She didn't lose any weight. <laughs> but any diet that tells you not to eat whole natural foods and instead eat processed foods, you just have to stop and think for a second. Is this really healthy? And everyone goes into a diet with different intentions. And believe me, some people that are overweight and maybe they they need to hold on to some rules and regulations to get them to a certain weight. I'm not going to say that what you're doing is wrong because anybody's, you know, path to to getting healthy is is good. But I'm just saying that there's an easier way to do it and you really got to take a, a stance and look and investigate like whole foods diets compared to a processed diet. You know, you might lose weight with a processed diet. Sure. It's easy. If you stop eating carbs, you're probably going to lose weight. One, is that sustainable? For a little while. One, is that sustainable? Are you going to keep those pounds off? Are you, are you never going to eat carbs again? Are you never going to have a bowl of like pasta, you know, like like a nice white wine <laughs> and olive oil and garlic sauce or like that spicy sauce with with like some vegetables in there and you just like a crap ton of garlic. I'm not. But are you never going to enjoy a bowl of pasta again because you want to lose weight? Yeah. And like, but, the, but then it's funny because it's like, hey, you know what else works? You can eat that bowl of pasta. You can eat all like crazy delicious foods and you can also lose weight and have a host of other awesome side effects as well yeah and like you said it a minute ago like if you're looking to lose a lot of weight and you found something that worked okay we're not going to judge that um but if you're like me who is always not over overweight but could could spare to lose a few pounds yeah i didn't really care about health i was like what is gonna work what's gonna make me look better and be skinnier, yeah. and more muscular, um, but I, so I didn't, I didn't care. And even if I, so it was hard for me to to even look at anything else. But 
that's why I'm excited about this because this actually does both and I wouldn't have ever thought it. And that's why when we started, when I started being vegan, I would ask Lisa to make me low, low carb, high protein vegan meals because yeah. I was like, well, I still need to be low carb, high protein, right. even though I'm vegan if I want to be You know what's weird in, in though? Super shape. Is we can wrap it up because we're just talking about ourselves now. But um, oh, we're at the end. <laughs> like I can only use myself as a guinea pig for my diet but I can tell you that myself I have gone from a little bit chubbier on one end and then I feel like I've I was probably like the skinniest I ever was after I gave birth to my son Bob like six months after giving birth to Bob I was completely back down to weight and then probably lower you were and I felt like healthier and I felt awesome and it was I don't want to like pinpoint the protein consumption, but yeah, when you first became vegan, it was like, let's have high protein, let's have low carbs. And I, I did that, that vegan diet for you. Um, and I was not as in shape as I am now. Like I'm. Yeah, you were trying to avoid the carbs. You would just. I just did it because you told me yeah, to. Yeah. I never exactly. had beef with carbs. Um, but like, I'm pregnant now and I'm skinnier now. Like I have a, I have like a tiny belly starting. But. <laughs> My like the rest of my body is skinnier now than I was with my with Bob, like at this time. Like yeah. I was chubbier with Bob. I was probably chubbier like well, at like week two than goes, I am now. This goes back to your theme, which is so true, and it's been proven, and I would have never in a million years believed it. It's not as important what you avoid; it's what you get. Yeah, and there was like a drunk Snapchat of me saying that. <laughs> the fact that. We're getting all these great things. I think it's okay to get things that aren't so great. And we do eat a lot of things that aren't great. We just had Taco Bell. So much of it. Like. I'm just constantly shocked by. Your body's resiliency. Yeah. And what it's doing. But it's not because of what I'm avoiding. It's it's what I'm getting. And I'm lucky enough to have you to get that stuff for me. Like we were out of town. We went to Indianapolis for a night and we had. Taco Bell and like earlier that day we went out for brunch and had just like some amazing vegan food. Um, but then when we came back from that trip, we like the moment we walked in the door, we had lunch and it was a green salad with avocado and walnuts. And there was like peas in there. And, and I was like and, craving and, that and too. red onion. My body wanted that. There, Yeah, there was just a, so many good things in this bowl that it was like, ah, oh, OK, it's cool. My body was like, thanks. All right, I'm going to go process this Taco Bell now, you know? Well, we can't have a podcast without mentioning the Okinawans. Why? Um, but they get 80% of their calories from carbs. Like we've said, most of that is sweet potatoes. They have a high fruit diet. Um, they're one of the longest lasting people in the history of the world. Hardest working. They don't have heart disease. They don't have cancer. They don't have these um, diseases. Um, it's easy to blame food, and that's what we do. Yeah. Um, on on uh, the diseases that affect Americans. Um, but I guess what we're saying right now is that it's not just about longevity. In the now, you can be super healthy and not have to pay too much attention about what you eat. Yeah. So I had written down that I wanted to end this podcast going through the amount of protein and all of these great things. And I can quickly, but that's not the point here. You don't have to pay attention to that. If yeah. you get a well-rounded diet and you eat a bunch of fruits and vegetables and you eat good things every day, you don't have to pay attention to carbs. You don't have to pay attention to protein. You don't have to pay attention to sugar. You just have to make sure 
You're going and getting real whole food, foods. whole real food and putting it in your body most of the time, yeah. not even all the time. And then you don't have to track all this stuff. So that question of where do you get your protein? And then to be honest, the the, the amount, like we said earlier, that's even recommended by our country is half of what we're getting. We're, we're getting double what's being recommended. You don't need that much. There's no benefit to more protein. You do need some, but it's in edamame, it's in tempeh, it's in tofu, it's in lentil, it's in beans. It's in everything. Peanut butter, chickpeas, almonds, chia seeds, cashews, potatoes, spinach, corn, avocado, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. It's in everything. Yeah. And there's plenty. It's in everything because an amino acid is the building block of everything. So everything living needs amino acids. You don't need to pay that much attention to it if you're eating good food. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to end this podcast with our sponsor. Uh, we have a new sponsor called Broccoli. Oh. You go to the store, um, put it in a bag, and buy some broccoli. Tell them Lisa sent you. You'll If you tell them Lisa, they'll give you zero discounts. Um, sometimes you can grab the organic, but cue it in <laughs> as the regular priced one. Don't do that. Um, so yeah, that's how we make our money through our sponsorship with broccoli. <laughs> yeah, someday. Please go buy broccoli. It's well, what's for dinner. We're not looking to make any money here, but if you want to help us get more listeners, go to iTunes and rate us or tell your friends. Um, but that was episode 30, 38, 38. And, uh, there'll be more protein discussion, but, um, when we have Garth on our show, we're going to. Um, happy February, and it is Heart Health Month. You and, should hope uh, that we Skype him, because if I get to see him in person, I'm going to die. We get, where does he live? Somewhere um, really cool. I'm sure. Um, well, Lisa has a thing for... Garth Davis. Muscular, gray-haired men. No, he's just so... He, shape. I'm, I have a thing for, like... I'm not muscular, by Really the um, educated people. He's just educated. Like, that's always been the coolest trait of any guys. But not like pompous about it. No, no, he's not pompous. But that's real. Actually, educated people aren't pompous about it. Yeah, that's true. The more you showboat about yourself, the less I actually think you know. Well, we're working on that one. But happy Heart Health Month. Make good decisions with your health. And uh, we will talk to you very soon on episode 39. All right, beaters. Check you out next time. Good night. (laughs) Good night.